Hallelujah. How many would like to have a good day every day? Hallelujah. Put your hand up if you want to have a good day every day. Okay, good. That's great. Well, I got good day pills up here. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. That's just the wrong crowd to say that to. Why? Good day pills. See you after church in the parking lot. Well, the good, a good, having a good day every day, the secret of it is tied to the mystery of the glory of God. Everybody say the mystery of the glory of God. Now, when I say glory, when I use the word glory, there's a lot of things that probably come to mind. You know, like one of those wild church services where they're swinging from the chandeliers, you know, just running, screaming, hooting, hollering, and rolling. You know, we say, well, it was, what a glorious time. The, the old timers used to say, we had such a glorious time. I'm trying to be like Catherine Coleman. We had a glorious time. Try that, try that with me. You'll feel better. A glorious time. I can't believe you actually did it. <laughs> you know, we think about a supercharged worship service where people are like freaking out and, you know. And so when we use the word glory, we think of all kinds of things. Visions, manifestations, special moves of God, great feelings. We just can feel God so close. And, and so, and I like that. I, and I think it is glorious. I, I, I like that. I, I mean, I, I do. I really, the wilder it is, the better I feel. You know, when they're hooping and hollering, kicking off their shoes and, and uh, just running and snorting and all that kind of stuff. Spitting and all that stuff. I like it. The wilder the service is, the more I like it, but, and when God comes down, you, can, you don't know what to do. You don't know whether to cry, roll, laugh, you have no idea. But what I want to talk to you is about the glory of God and how it relates to you as an individual. The glory of God and how it relates to you as an individual. And it might be a little different than you think. You with me? The glory of God and how it relates to you as an individual. So let's turn, if we can, to uh, Psalm chapter 8. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Verse 4 and 5. And the son of man that you visit him. I want you to see it's talking about both man and the son of man. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and with honor. I want you to do something for me. I want you to reach up there and grab that crown that has been conferred upon you of glory and honor. Reach up there and feel it. Ooh, is that nice? Now, whether you think you have a crown or you don't think you have a crown, it really makes no difference. He has crowned mankind with both glory and with honor. Uh, you with me? My son, Jim, who, I don't know, he was here a minute ago. He'll probably be back. Or with the kids. A few weeks ago, as you heard the announcement... 
there is a committee of people, a group of educators that conferred upon Jim a doctorate degree. And I was there, I got to see the exchange uh, over the, over, what do they call it, Face, FaceTime, or whatever it was. And they spoke to him, and they went through this whole thing, and he had to defend his thesis, and when it was all over, uh, they got offline, and then they came back in line, and they, they greeted him, and they said to him, uh, congratulations, Dr. Miner. Now, a group of people tested, did some research, some investigation, and a group of people who have the authority to confer such a degree, conferred a degree upon Jim, and now he is now Dr. Minor. Now, you might not think he's Dr. Minor. You may have an opinion of him because he's my son. There's no way could any good thing come out of the minors, especially a doctor. You may have that opinion, but it's okay because someone has decided who had the authority to convert a degree on him, and he's Dr. Minor whether you like it or not. Now, he might not even want to think he's Dr. Minor, but even if he doesn't think he's Dr. Minor, a group of people, through research and coming up with an opinion, through research and a viewpoint, made a decision to confer that degree on him. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them God has a viewpoint and an opinion about you. Now, when you have a viewpoint and an opinion, it, it, it brings you to where you have to do something. For instance, anybody been watching the, and I like politics, anybody been watching the whole Benghazi thing with Hillary Clinton? Anybody watch that? See, your viewpoint and your opinion becomes your reality. Say that with me. Say your viewpoint and your opinion becomes your reality. It's amazing that the people who were going to vote for Hillary, Hillary Clinton, after all of this, are still going to vote for Hillary. Uh, <laughs> Villain. Hillary Clinton. And the people who are were not who who were not going to vote for her, you turn on a conservative, you know, Fox News or something, they're saying it was the worst day in her life, and she said things and she incriminated herself and da 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 to go 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 to the to the liberal stations, the conservative stations say it was a terrible day. The liberal station says it was the best day of her life. And and the people who have an opinion and a view of Hillary after it's going to become reality to them because they're going to vote for her. And the ones that aren't, aren't because it's their view and their opinion. Come on, someone say amen. So God had a view and an opinion of mankind. Right from the very beginning, right from the get-go, God said, I have a view and an opinion of mankind. 
And therefore, I am going to confer on mankind. I'm going to crown him with glory and with honor. I'm going to put a a crown upon him. And the crown is both glory and with honor. Now listen. You may have an opinion of yourself. And your opinion of yourself will become your reality. And you might be affected by other people's opinion of you. And you may allow their opinion... Become the reality for your life. Anybody here ever been told you'll never amount to anything? You're crazy like your brother. You're nuts like your mother. You're as ugly as your dad. You're stupid. Anybody ever put one of those on you? It's terrible when someone in a place of authority or someone that you respect has a viewpoint and an opinion of you and you find yourself living it out. And or you may have a viewpoint and an opinion of yourself that might not be healthy at all. Now, I used to think that God didn't have a viewpoint and an opinion of me. And if he did, it wasn't very good. How many of you ever thought that? God's looking at you and saying, they're just nothing but an old scoundrel. (laughs) But God thinks so much about his creation. God thinks so much about mankind. God's viewpoint and opinion of mankind moved him To crown mankind with both glory and with honor. I want you to lift your head up a little bit. Get yourself a little bit of an attitude. And reach up there one more time and feel that crown. Feel the crown. Feel it. Go say, feel the crown. Look at somebody. Invite them to feel your crown. Come on, feel my crown. Come on, come, girls, I want you to do this. Feel my crown. Do it again. Feel my crown. Some of you are not good. This one was so fast, she went like this. She said, feel it. She went like this. Honey, I didn't say beat the crown up. I said, feel it. Now, you may have an opinion of yourself, which will become your reality, Or you might live the opinion of someone else that will become your reality. But I suggest, oh, I got a suggestion, that instead of determining what you think about yourself and living it that way, or what other people think about you and living your life that way, I decide, I think that what we ought to do is find out what God thinks about us and live our life accordingly. Hallelujah. So, you've made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with both glory and with honor. 
Isaiah 49. See, I have inscribed you. See how God thinks about you? See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Anybody remember your first love? Lift your hands up if you remember your first love. My first girlfriend, her name was Anita Long. She was 15, I was 13. I was 13, she was 15. Anita had two years on me when it came to the whole love thing. After the second or third time I saw her, she decided that she was going to kiss me. A kiss that lasted until I was about 19 years old. I'd never been kissed that way before. <laughs> That's why her name was Anita Long when she kissed you. That kiss lasted a long time. <laughs> but when me and Anita fell in love, I put Anita on everything I owned. Ooh, the bottom of my Converse sneakers. You know, Converse, the ones with the star on the side. If your sneakers slip and slide, get Converse, the ones with the star on the side. I had a pair of Converse. I, I wrote Anita on the side. I wrote Anita every which way that you could write it. Jim loves Anita. Anita loves Anita. Anita loves Jim. I wrote it on my textbooks. I wrote it in my, in my notebooks. I wrote it on my backpack. I wrote it on the bottom of my shoes. I penned it on my arm, making believe it was some kind of a tattoo. The only problem is as soon as I took a shower, it came off. Everywhere. I was so in love with Anita. And it wasn't long before Anita Long found another boyfriend. It's pretty tough when everything you own is marked up with Anita. <laughs> and Anita ain't interested in Jim no more. But hallelujah, he loves us so much. He thinks so much of us. I wish somebody could say hallelujah. He loves us so much that he has inscribed us on the palms of his hands. And he says, your walls are continually before me. God thinks about you 24-7. You're never off his mind. Just like I used to think about Anita. 24-7. Sleep Anita. Dream Anita. Write Anita. Just stop right there before I get in trouble, Anita. He loves us so much. And he's continually, his eyes are on our life and what's going on in our life. We're always present in his mind. But Anita went out the window when I met Margaret. Hot diggity dog. Bye-bye, Anita. <laughs> Margaret is my wife, Peggy. That's her name, Margaret. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of my eye.
Turn to somebody and tell them you are the apple of his eye. Say you are the subject and the object of his love. Really, look at somebody right in the face and say, you are the subject and the object of his love. Turn around and tell somebody else, you are the subject and the object of his love. And I ain't kidding. Whether you think it or you don't think it, whatever somebody put on you, you still are the subject and the object of his love. Come on, say amen. amen. And then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. I want you to see that image and dominion go hand in hand. Say it with me. Say image and dominion go hand in hand. Say it again. Say image and dominion go hand in hand. You want to know why we're having a hard time with dominion? You want to know why we're having a hard time overcoming? You want to know why? Because we have the wrong image of ourselves. We somehow think that when Adam and Eve fell, that God just sat down and said, well, that's it with mankind, it's over. Let's go on to plan B. After God, the Bible says, fearfully and wonderfully made us with great intelligence. He designed mankind. And we think that somehow after Adam and Eve fell, that God just said, well, didn't work. No, God's intention for you from the beginning is God's intention for mankind today. Oh, I guess I made a mistake. Maybe I'll just crown the giraffes with honor and glory. No. It's still God's intent for mankind. It is still God's intent for us to carry both glory and honor. Put your hands together and give the Lord some praise with me. Psalm 19 and verse 1, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. I want to ask you a question. Why is it that the heavens declare the glory of God? What is it in the heavens and why? Anybody can answer. There's no wrong answer. Why? How is it that the heavens declare the glory of God? How is it? Okay, but how? Why? What's behind it? Huh? Yes, but how? Why? What? What? Who said that? Stand up, brother. Say it. Say it real loud. Say it loud. No, just kidding. Say it loud. Say it loud. No, no, no. That's a wrong song. Why? Because God created it. 
You know, you see a beautiful sunset or you're up in, a, in, in, in the mountains in the fall. You see the leaves that are changing colors and the sun begins to set. And you say, oh my, God got his paintbrush out. Oh, how beautiful it is. Let me ask you this question. If we can conclude that the heavens declare the glory of God because God created it. How is it we can't believe that God still favors the creation of mankind? How is it we can believe that we're not determined, called to declare the glory of God also? Say amen. Now, I'm talking to you about this because I want you to understand how valuable you are. And some of you, as I'm talking, you have a problem with it because your religious training has taught you that God is had it with man. See, I used to think that God's reason for even wanting to do anything for me is because I accepted Christ and he was obligated because of the blood. And so I was like an obligation to God. Oh, well, he found Jesus. I guess I got to be nice to him. <laughs> now we'll get to that in just a second. But that's how I felt. I felt like, and if God had an opinion of me, it wasn't a very good opinion. After all, I was flesh. After all, the Bible says the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. After all. After all. After all. After all. After all. We have a lot of after alls. But Christ came to solve the problem with sin, iniquity, and an evil heart. Will somebody say amen with me? As a matter of fact, so you're saying, well, how about the fall of Adam? How about the condition of mankind? The scripture says that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God said there's, there's going to be a problem, but I'm going to fix it right from the very beginning. I have an answer to the problem. I've known folks from certain backgrounds, and I don't make fun of them. I, they're very sincere. Where you can ask them, are you saved? Are you going to heaven? You know what they say? I don't know. Have you accepted Christ? Yes. Are you going to heaven? I don't know. Well, honey, if you don't know, I'm going to take your seat. That's what they'll tell you. Well, I don't know. Because they have the wrong understanding about God's intention for mankind. They see man degraded because of the fall of Adam and Eve. But Jesus came to fix that. Turn to somebody and tell them, Jesus came to fix that. For God was in Christ. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The world was out of joint. The world was out of place. But when Jesus came, he reconciled mankind, mankind back to God. And if when you are in Christ, when you have become a believer and you are in Christ Jesus, you have now been reconciled back to God. What does that mean? That means God's original intent for mankind, you have brought, brought back to that place of favor and that place of position. Will somebody say amen? In Christ Jesus, you are no longer an alien. Come on, someone say amen with me. You're no longer a foreigner, but you are a child of the living God and God has a favorable opinion about you right now. God has good things in store for you right now. Oh, I wish someone would say hallelujah. I wish someone would just absolutely get rid of this overwhelming feeling that God is angry with you and God just wants to punish you and God doesn't have good things in store for you and you just have to sit around and wait for the next shoe to drop so God could do something bad in your life. Let me ask you this question. I know I shout a lot, and so please do your best to help me. Okay? It's just me. But let me ask you a question. Let's say you brought to me a hunk of jade. It wasn't very pretty. It was a little distorted. didn't look like much, but it was green, dirt on it, dust on it. And let me ask you this question. You hand me that piece of jade and I go to work. I craft it. I spend time with it. I shape it. I create it into something beautiful. Okay. Thank you. You have any jade you'd like to give me? No. I take diamonds, gold, anything I can. Uh, you know, you hear what I'm saying? So I take the time with great intelligence, creativity. I turn it into something very beautiful. Very beautiful. You got me? So one day I take that piece of jade that is so beautiful and I put it somewhere and I forget where it's at. And so I'm angry. Where's the jade? Where's the jade? Where's the jade? I'm try to get my hands on that jade. And I find it in the closet where I put it. And I take it out and say, you stupid jade. I go get a spatula and I start spanking it. I get a spoon like mama used to hit you with. I get up my belt like I used to hit Dan with. We had so much fun. Sometimes I didn't have the heart to spank him, so I'd hit the bed. Peg was outside thinking they were going to spank it, and we were just like hitting the bed. That's all we're doing. But can you imagine me being furious? Wanting to destroy the very thing that I created. And somehow we think that that's, that's our concept of God. He doesn't want to destroy you. He wants to see you reconciled to your, his original purpose in your life through 
Christ Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise. Give me, can you give me seven more minutes? That's all I need is seven minutes. What time is it? Oh, it's, I'm going too late, aren't I? Five minutes. Huh? Give me f- six. Very quickly, Romans chapter 8, verses 18, 19, and 23. For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Everybody say glory. Glory. That is about to be revealed to us and in us. Everybody say to us and in us. Say there's a revelation. That's coming to you, in you, and in me, to you, and in you. Say there's a revelation. There's an understanding that God, there's something that God wants you to understand. There's a revelation. There's a glory and a revelation. There's a revelation about the glory. There's a revelation about the glory. I know I'm shouting. There's a revelation about the glory that God wants you to get. This word glory doesn't mean what you think it means. You know what it means? It means God's viewpoint and opinion and when this word it's daka when this word is used in the greek it is a viewpoint and an opinion of god and it's always a good viewpoint and a good opinion it's a viewpoint and an opinion of God concerning you, and it's a good opinion. Will someone say amen? amen? And the viewpoint and the opinion of God, I'm only doing this to get your attention. The viewpoint and the opinion of God, which is a good opinion, is that glory that he's trying to reveal to you. And that opinion and viewpoint of God, which is a good opinion and a good viewpoint, is your reality. So wake up tomorrow morning and get rid of the whole thing that God's just waiting for you to make a mistake so he can destroy you and beat you up. Get up tomorrow morning and realize that you are his prized possession and the apple of his eye. Come on, somebody, say amen. Amen. And listen, it was the joy of Christ. Jesus, he almost took my my little thing. For For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You being reconciled to God Almighty, mankind being reconciled to God Almighty, was the joy that was set before Christ. God didn't give up on mankind. Come on, somebody say amen. God didn't throw away mankind. Jesus endured the cross because it was a joyful thing for you to be reconciled to God through his sacrifice on Calvary. And then it goes on to say, all of creation 
and all nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. I'm going to put it this way. This glory, this opinion and viewpoint of God is the glory that God is trying to reveal to you and in you. I'm going to put it this way. All of creation is waiting for you to get the revelation of what God thinks about you. All creation is groaning and moaning. There's a moaning and a groaning in the earth. And it's moaning and it's groaning and it's waking for Michael Kinsey to get the revelation that God has a good opinion of you. He's waiting for Michael Kinsey to stand up and say, I am a child of God. I am the apple of his eye. God is not against me, that God is for me. Come on, somebody say amen with me. He's waiting for each and every one of us to throw off the other, other opinions, the things that people put on us, and come to a decision, a revelation, that God's viewpoint of us is good. Now, you can stand with me because it's time to go, but... Whatever your music, anything. Listen. It's a terrible thing to live your life according to someone's opinion, someone's viewpoint of who you are, where you're going, what you're going to do. It's awful. It's awful the things that have been put on us. But I'm going to accept what God has to say about me. Every time you walk past a flower and it's beautiful, it's screaming at you. You're beautiful too. Every time you look at a sunset and you say it's beautiful, that sunset is screaming back to you, you're beautiful too. Every time you see the fall leaves fall, you see a, a bird, you say, oh, that's beautiful. It's creation screaming back to you saying, would you please wake up? Would you please get it? understand if you think I'm beautiful you're much more beautiful to the one that created us there are no ugly ducklings in Christ I know you're quack but you're not an ugly duckling Christ reconciled us brought us back to that original position in, in God to God's original intent I plan on seeing you do great things. And I hope you plan the same 
for one another. We're going to do something. We did it the last time I preached. I'm sorry. I know I've preached long. I apologize. Please, I apologize. I do. I really do. I, 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 I do. I do. But I don't apologize that much. Because I want you to get this so bad. I want you to get it. It's the thing that set me free in my own life. So, we're going to do this and we're going home. I said the last time I preached, we want to value what God values. We had a bunch of preachers together, about 50 or 60 of them, and I clo- they asked me to pray instead of praying this long prayer, God be with and Genesis chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians. Yeah, it was a bunch of us there, and they were expecting me. Will every minor please close in prayer? So I almost got that preacher thing on. No, Heavenly Father, we think no, but I thought that's so stupid, it doesn't work anyway. So for me, it doesn't work for me. I asked them to applaud one another. We had rabbis, Catholic priests, Presbyterians, Lutheran Methodists. We applauded one another. So I'm gonna applaud you, and you're gonna applaud one another. For who you are, crowned with glory and honor, the apple of his eye. So we're going to find somebody. I, and I feel so good. The last time we did this, I felt so good. So good. I mean, so good. I mean, like, yeah. I want you to face someone, if you'll do that. Stand to your feet and face someone. Face someone. Someone. Get somebody's attention. And if somebody's alone, then get three people together. I want you to applaud someone. Come on, do it, do it. Come on, do it, do it, do it. I applaud you. I applaud you for who God has intended and made you to be. I applaud you. more time. Let's raise the roof. Raise the roof. You're made out of good stuff. You got good things inside of you. Now let's do this. Let's applaud Jesus. The most wonderful people on the face of the earth are standing right next to you. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, one more time. Just one more. Yeah. All right. God bless you. We'll see you. Thank you for your patience.